Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor Program. Uh, we are back from our Olympic and uh, other distractions over the last several weeks. Uh, and we're going to continue today, Randy, with our uh, pursuit of Matthew chapter 5, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus' teaching on a variety of subjects. And uh, today we come to verse 17, Matthew five seventeen which I think is uh, very challenging. Well, we're, uh, we're eager to continue with this series, Mark, because we've gotten uh, some great feedback from it from the listeners. Well, you know, we've uh, had a good time, and uh, it's been, I know, uh, enlightening for me to do some actual study of uh, some other commentators about this, and that was particularly true of this passage today. Uh, it's one we all know, I think, uh, if we've done any kind of scripture uh, pursuit or study, uh, but it is one of those ones that I think does require some understanding. Let me just read uh, verse 17. Uh, it's about the fulfillment of the law. Jesus says, uh, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So uh, this is that, uh, that quirky passage where He's kind of sounding a bit like he's uh, contradicting himself, but uh, as we'll see, he's really not. Uh, he's saying that the past is the past, the law is the law, and that in him, in Christ, there is some newness that we need to be aware of that uh, actually fulfills the law. So I'm going to try to get into that today. It's a challenging okay. task. All right. Uh, first of all, when... Uh, we think about the law and the prophets, I think we need to understand what Jesus is referring to here. And uh, the one commentator, Dr. William Barclay, that I have been using for this series, uh, basically delineates that there are four possible things here that Jesus is talking about. Um, the first one, when he uh, is talking about the law, is uh, basically the Ten Commandments. That was the law. So. Um, you know, God provided that to Moses. It is the foundation of the Jewish faith. It is the foundation of all of our morality in the Christian faith. And uh, we actually did a radio series uh, on the Ten Commandments. So all we're familiar with those. Right. Right? All right. ten of them. Yeah. Right. And, and in fact, I can't help the marketing side of me throwing the plug in. Uh, if you miss those shows, we actually have those available as both a uh, an e-product, as a audio download, uh, and as a, a CD product at uh, faithfulandtrue.com. Check that out in the bookstore. Uh, all right. Uh, well, thank you for the marketing. I, I wasn't necessarily trying to lead you into that. but No, no, you didn't give me a heads up. I just, I took us there. Yeah, so that that's the, the first thing that when we think of the Law and the Prophets, that's the first thing we think about. The second thing we think about is um, the first five books of the Bible, uh, generally referred to as the Pentateuch, the uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and so forth. Uh, and uh, that's uh, by you know the average Jewish person regarded as kind of the foundation of um, the Jewish teaching, the Jewish faith, uh, and uh, certainly is is a part of what Jesus is referring to here as the law. Then, of course.
course, he talks about the prophets, and the prophets would be, you know, the later uh, writings about, you know, the Old Testament prophets, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and so forth. And so that is the third thing he's referring to as being uh, something he, he's not coming to abolish. Uh, so uh, what I think that uh, uh, Dr. Barclay points out is that uh, Jesus is saying, you know, don't be fooled. I, I am not here to abolish any of that truth, the truth that's in the Ten Commandments, the original five books of the Bible, and the teachings of the prophets. Uh, but there's a fourth thing here that he's referring to, and that's, I think, what we need to uh, pay the most attention to here. And that is generally, uh, in Jesus' time, uh, the scribes, the Pharisees, the religious authorities, had spent uh, a lot of years, centuries actually, uh, uh, providing commentary on the law and the prophets. Uh, there were uh, a ton of uh, writing about that by various, uh, uh, you know, Jewish priests and scribes, Pharisees, that 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 religious group that governed the Jewish people, and uh, there, when when a Jewish person comes to study the law and the prophets, you know, there's also a lot of studying. If you're going to be a uh, a Jewish rabbi, you you really have to study, you know, a lot of all of this this writing about the first three things that we described, and it's, it's voluminous. And in Jesus' day, I think what he was referring to was that this uh, writing, this teaching had become so voluminous, so uh, black and white, so rigid, that uh, it was like uh, a yoke around the people, uh, that there were so many uh, injunctions, so many laws, so many things that they, they couldn't do, uh, uh, one term that's been used to describe it is the term legalistic. There was so much kind of legalism in the Jewish faith at that point. It, it was hard to, you know, really catch your breath. I mean, there were so many things that they they felt like they had to pay uh, attention to. And it was the job of the scribes and the Pharisees to enforce that law. And as we get later into the fifth chapter, we're going to see that Jesus makes specific comments about you know, some of those laws, like healing on the Sabbath and, you know, the, that kind of thing. Back in those days, did, the, did the, the people then put a lot of validity into what the Pharisees had, had determined? Well, yeah, they had. They, they did. And, uh, you know, their life was, uh, like we were just talking, kind of a legalistic one to make sure that they obeyed the laws. If they didn't obey the laws, there were certain things that they had to do. You know, go to the temple, get cleansed, uh, be ritually purified. Uh, uh, they didn't want to run afoul of the scribes and Pharisees. They had the authority, and they had the authority to kind of cast people out of the faith and, you know, those kinds of things. So um, uh, it, it was a time when I think a lot of the Jewish faith was fear-based, you know. Yeah. And that's, as we'll see here, exactly what Jesus is trying to teach them uh, is to not be fear-based. He, he came to... Uh, not do away with the law, you know, the original laws, the Ten Commandments and so forth, those are all important things to maintain. Uh, and he came to bring us a different interpretation of all of that in terms of the spirit with which we fulfill the law. Okay. Well, um, 
Should we take our break or? Yeah, I, I think so because I, I can tell you are right on the edge of jumping into, uh, you yeah. know, a, a lot of the detail about this. And it's intriguing to hear about it because it, it's one of those vantage points of, uh, you know, we, we take. We take a, a, a lot of things in our faith at face value, like the, the Ten Commandments. And right. I've really enjoyed when you and I did the series on the Ten Commandments. And then to hear that there were uh, these uh, scholars, if you will, uh, the, the, the Pharisees that were interpreting uh, the Word of God right. and, and how they... Uh, expected the people to abide by it, uh, and I'm interested to find out if there was ever if their findings were ever in contradiction to uh, to what uh, the prophets or what the commandments had said. That's uh, that's interesting. Well, yeah, I well. Okay, we'll come back to this yeah. after the break. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to open a, another can of worms there. You are listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at FaithfulAndTrue.com to learn more. That's FaithfulAndTrue.com. And when she passes, he smiles, but she doesn't see. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week, uh, I'm going to return today to something that kind of impressed me during the time of the Olympics. Uh, one of the... Uh, pieces that was done on NBC, uh, the sports coverage, uh, was about this famous song uh, that's now 50 years old. It's hard to believe because I remember when it came out quite well. And uh, all of that was emphasized during the uh, opening ceremony because they played the song. And some uh, very attractive model uh, was kind of portraying the modern-day girl from Ipanema. And she made this very long walk across the, the stadium there. And... Uh, the lyrics of that song are, you know, I, I don't know how it starts out, uh, tall and tan and something lovely. Um, the reason I think it's a trigger of the week is that uh, uh, not only could we be particularly triggered by thoughts of this, you know, woman that was in the opening ceremonies, uh, but I think more than that, it's it's kind of reflective of that search that, that uh, a lot of uh, men for sure are on to find, you know, the perfectly... Uh, beautiful woman. The uh, I was thinking about it before we went on the air uh, here today, and it's like uh, we have rating systems. We have uh, you know things that we do periodically where we think we have discovered the absolutely most beautiful 
woman. You know, it was the girl from Ipanema in um, Sports Illustrated. It's the uh, swimsuit edition where we think we find them. You know, Playboy magazine, the oldest pornographic magazine, you know, historically has had their, you know, Playmate of the Year. Um, what I know in the work that we do with men is that in their imaginations, they're constantly kind of on this search for the most uh, beautiful woman. And the song just kind of uh, reflects the fact that there is this myth out there that such a woman exists. Well, that song is one of the unique examples of the combination of lyrics and musical style. That's a very sensual song. Yeah. Every, everything from the musical style, it's yeah. kind of a samba beat, and, and, and the lyrics of it, it, it almost creates triggering thoughts just if you're listening to the lyrics of the song and the and the musical tone of, of that particular piece blame it on the bossa nova that's exactly. that and you're you you are going down another road that is just loaded with conversation there yes well yeah but uh, um isn't uh, the kind of the the sensuality of the song kind of that genre the bossa nova it is that, you know, it is whatever. yeah very much so yeah that's that's what i thought so anyway i i don't think we could easily get distracted with that. It's just the concept that in the fantasy life of the average man that we work with, there is this uh, thought, this search, this idea that there is the perfect woman and she would be all satisfied, which, you know, uh, we would certainly believe is a lie. Right. All right. Well, let's go back to our uh, our show that uh, you had jump-started us on this morning. Well, you know, it's a, there's a segue here between our trigger of the week uh, and what is going to come later here in this chapter where Jesus talks about, you have heard that it was said in the law, you know, thou shalt not commit adultery. So in other words, uh, Jesus has not come to abolish that law, but he's clarifying that uh, anyone who lusts after another woman in um, his heart, he so much as commits adultery. So, you know, in that teaching we begin to see, and there's the segue uh, from our trigger of the week that, you know, it's about lusting after other women. Um uh, but but the law is not being abolished. We should not commit adultery. But there's more about this that is a part of our spiritual condition in terms of how we uh, approach the law. As we get into this uh, kind of second half of the show today, uh, I was thinking it might be interesting to, uh, to challenge our listeners to think about um, this question. You know, who are the uh, modern-day Pharisees? Who are the modern-day uh, you know, scribes who who are the uh, uh, the modern day interpreters of the law, the commandments, and so forth. And you know, as I think about that question, I think about a lot of denominations. You know, uh, put their interpretations on the law, and uh, sometimes the interpretations of the law become you know kind of more important than the law itself. Uh, uh, we have differences of opinion about um, how to take communion, whether we should use um, wine or grape juice. We have different interpretations about baptism. Can it be as an infant or does it have to be as an adult? We have different interpretations of you know who can be ordained and who cannot be ordained. Uh, I don't want to get into any of that now except to say that it seems to me that there are, there are those people uh, today that get so... Uh, rigidly bound up in trying to obey interpretations of the law that they are forgetting the uh, spirit of the law that Jesus came to fulfill. And so, you know, the key to this is not that hard. Uh, uh, Jesus was saying that 
um, the spirit of the law that he came to fulfill is truly uh, a love relationship with God. It's it's a surrendering of ourselves to um, to God through Christ, and uh, that act of surrender will allow us to uh, obey the law, but obey, obey it for the right uh, motivation. The fact that the law has so much interpretation allows a lot of people to get distracted with that interpretation, and they, they, they are approaching obeying the rules you know, more out of a fear motivation. The fear motivation uh, is binding, I think. It, uh, it causes people to uh, live in a perpetual state of fear uh, and uh, is not very freeing, not very releasing, um, not very joyous, and uh, we're constantly worried that uh, we're not doing the right things, and if we're not, then uh, we won't get into the kingdom of God. Uh, Jesus is directly contradicting that here in this teaching. I think the best example of it that I think helps us to understand what Jesus is trying to teach here is... Uh, the story of the uh, wealthy man that appears in uh, Mark uh, chapter 10, uh, starting with verse 17. I'm not going to read the whole passage, but let me read this part. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Uh, Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Um, I think Jesus is confronting a guy who uh, is like kind of what we're talking about here. His motivation for obeying the law or worrying about eternal life uh, was to, uh, you know, follow rigidly, you know, the teachings, uh, the ancient laws, and he was uh, uh, not at peace with himself. He was uh, uh, feeling that he hadn't done enough or he hadn't done the right things to inherit eternal life. And, and his wealth had not brought him happiness. Well, that's a, that's a very interesting you know, part of the story and certainly a truth that you know, a lot of us are aware of, that you know, wealth does not bring you happiness. So he comes to Jesus really as a frustrated, uh, unhappy, anxious uh, man, and uh, Jesus uh, gives him the answer. He says, you know, give up everything you have. Uh, surrender it, in other words, and uh, follow me. Uh, and that's, I think, what Jesus is trying to teach here uh, in our passage today, is that uh, you can rigidly obey all of the laws. You can adhere to that. You can get overly concerned about all the teachings of the, you know, the Jewish rabbis and the scribes and the Pharisees. You can, you know, live your life afraid that you've, uh, you know, not dotted some I and crossed some T, and uh, you will live in a perpetual state of fear and anxiety and uh, discord, and uh, you will certainly not be content, uh, you will not be at peace. But the only way for that to be the case is to surrender everything you have, follow Jesus, and uh, obey the law, not because it's 
just simply the black and white law, but obey the law out of your love for uh, God, uh, your devotion to Jesus Christ. So I kind of want to, you know, like we always do, try to relate this to recovery. And I think, you know, the parallels are fairly obvious, at least to me. And that is, you know, when men get into recovery and they're following certain guidelines about things that they're not going to do anymore, uh, you know, they're not going to get into sexual sin, they're not going to masturbate, they're not going to look at pornography, they're not going to have affairs. You know, they can, many of the men kind of come to these uh, new rules, these new things they're not doing, kind of out of a spirit of fear. You know, they um, they believe that, you know, they've been told that this is what they have to do. Uh, it is, in fact, the law, uh, thou shalt not commit adultery. Uh, but they're still uh, obeying the law uh, more out of a sense of fear of consequences than they are anything else. And uh, we know that we're making progress with men here when we see that their motivation shifts. And their motivation is not fear-based. It's not, you know, what is God going to do? What What is their wife going to do? Uh, what is the community at large out there going to do if they don't do these things? But they, they come to really surrender their life in a more total way to obedience to God, and they come to wanting to obey the laws and keep the laws and be faithful uh, out of a spirit of love, not out of a spirit of fear. I I really do believe that's a huge transition. The more I hear you talk about that, the more I think of how, through the ages, that theme has has carried on. How many people are obedient to the laws, uh, you know, based on fear, right. fear, fear of uh, repercussions right. or uh, uh, punishment or whatever? But the analogy to the community that we serve here, mm -hmm. uh, where we see those sacrifices being made and those changes in these men's lives being made, right. um, it, it's a they experience kind of a new form of freedom, don't they? I mean, yeah. they are they are like released from the bondage that sin has held them in. That that's that's right. They're released from fear. Um, a man, you know, in our Tuesday night group, uh, which we often refer to, was saying last night, uh, and this is a guy that for the last year in group has wondered every night that we have group, night after night after night. You know, what is his wife's reaction to X, Y, Z going to be? And, you know, I pointed out to him any number of times, you know, that uh, uh, he seems like his motivation is basically uh, uh, predicated on how his wife is going to react to things. And by the way, I get that. You know, I, I was, uh, I don't mean to be critical. I was like that in my early recovery as well. But, uh, uh, it gets tiring, you know. <laughs> You're, you, I believe the word is exhausting. Exhausting. Uh, well, it yeah. is exhausting. I think yeah. that's one of the things Jesus was referring to here. It's exhausting to try to, you know, obey all these, you know, little <laughs> yeah. rules and stuff like that. And, you know, let's be honest, you know, there are uh, some people out there that uh, that are watching the recovery of this addict, and they are wanting him to, you know, dot every I and, you know, do everything perfectly. And, and, and partly because it, it helps them with their anxiety about whether he's going to act out again and betray again and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, this can go both ways. Uh, but last night he came in and said, you know, I am just so tired of thinking all the time about what my wife thinks. Uh, I just have surrendered whether or not uh, we're even going to stay married. Uh, and don't don't get me wrong. I mean, it's not that he... He wants to be divorced or he's accepted divorce, 
but he's at least accepted that it's a possibility that he really has no control over. And um, that's a monumental uh, development for him in that now, it, from this point on, hopefully, if he does choose to obey the law, in this case about adultery, that uh, it is out of uh, a spirit of devotion to God, not out of a, a spirit of fear of, of consequences. Well, and you would think that that would be uh, exhilarating to him to have reached this point finally, because he's going to know in his heart that he's following the rules. Right. He'll, right. You know what I mean? Right. He's following so, the rules. Yeah. So if his wife has a negative response to whatever he is now doing, right. he knows that uh, in the eyes of God, he's, he's on the straight and narrow. Well, yeah, and I think it's a matter of, uh, in terms of his wife and being faithful and, uh, and, and honoring and serving her, uh, it's also getting to a place where he's not afraid of his react or her reaction, but he's more uh, doing it because he does love her. Right. Uh, he doesn't want to hurt her anymore. Uh, he does want to obey God because he loves God and he knows that God loves him. Uh, you know, this basically comes down to a sense of uh, the motivation for obeying the law is, and that this is where Christ is the fulfillment, it's being able to surrender things to Christ, follow him, uh, obey the commandments out of your love for Christ, your love for others, and in the case we were just talking about, um, your true, in fact, love for your wife. You're doing these things uh, for her because you love her, not because you are afraid of her. <laughs> You're fearing the uh, the wrath of her. Yeah, that's exactly and, you know, this is a d dynamic that uh, uh, we deal with around here all the time. Right. Well, are there any closing thoughts then to the, uh, today's pearls of wisdom? Well, you know, I would, uh, you know, sometimes as we do, challenge the listeners again to um, just examine in their own heart uh, where they would be with this one. And uh, I, I do think one of the ways to think about it is how uh, concerned, bent out of shape, uh, you know, have some of us been with, the you know the rigid black and white rules of any particular church or any particular denomination. There are certainly those churches and denominations out there that kind of keep people locked in a spirit of fear. I think, uh, and uh, I'm just asking our listeners, where are you, uh, you know, with that, and uh, to just do a self-assessment on uh, motivation. Really, what is your motivation for obeying the law? Is it out of a spirit of fear? Or is it out of a spirit of love? You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. My name is Randy Everett. I'm your co-host, and it's our pleasure to bring you the Men of Valor program. We hope that today's show has been beneficial to you, and we hope that this coming week is a week filled with many blessings and with great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulAndTrue.com. That's FaithfulAndTrue.com.